Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are beginning Unit 27, titled The King of the Jews. And so we are on Unit 27, Session 1, titled The Accused King. All of the sessions in this unit will have an emphasis on the doctrine of Christ as King. After three full years of ministry, the time had come for the promised Messiah, the ultimate prophet, priest, and king who had been anticipated for millennia, to finish what he had started. Jesus' mission was clear, predestined before the foundation of the world, and his resolve was strong. Through the enabling strength of the Spirit, by the unshakable will of the Father, the Son of God, the King over all, set his face to the cross. Yet much suffering awaited Jesus even before his crucifixion. Some of this would be physical, with fists and whips. But Jesus' suffering would also be emotional as he watched his followers and friends abandon and betray him. And then there was the experience of the people Jesus had come to save, calling for and sentencing him to death. To be clear, Jesus was arrested, tried, and condemned to die even though he did no wrong. And Jesus, the all-powerful Son of God, allowed these things to happen in obedience to the Father and to save us from sin and death. In point one, we see that Jesus, the King of the Jews, is wrongly tried. Knowing what we know and believe about Jesus through God's Word, the audacity of the Jewish leaders is breathtaking. They arrested and put on trial the Son of God incarnate. It is obvious these leaders didn't believe Jesus was the Son of God, but they should have known from all his miracles and teachings that Jesus was righteously connected to God. As Nicodemus said in John 3, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. And recall how Jesus responded to Nicodemus, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again is a work of God the Spirit through a person's repentance and faith. Unless God moves, unless a person believes, nothing about Jesus will make sense. Jesus echoed this sentiment with the Jewish leaders, saying, If I do tell you that I am the Messiah, you will not believe. We may not be on trial for our faith as we go about our days and weeks, but as we live faithfully and share with others that Jesus is the Messiah, we should know that we are being judged by the world. Jesus knew his accusers wouldn't believe in this moment, yet he still gave an affirmation that he is the Son of God, and he was declared guilty of blasphemy. We don't know whether the people with whom we share the gospel will believe or not, but we do know that the Holy Spirit uses the word of God about Jesus to change people's hearts. He did with us, so we should be faithful to share this good news trusting the Lord to do the work of salvation in the hearts of our family, friends, co-workers, and others. All that the Jewish leaders wanted out of this kangaroo court was justification for putting Jesus to death. Are you the Messiah? So you say you are the Son of Man. Are you then the Son of God? Jesus' reply, you say that I am, sounds like an obfuscation to our ears. But that's not how the jury heard it. They took Jesus' response as a resounding yes, perhaps because it wasn't a simple no. But at any rate, this was enough for the Sanhedrin to determine Jesus' guilt. 
the guilt of actually being the Messiah, the Son of Man, and the Son of God. In point two, we see that Jesus, the King of the Jews, is wrongly accused. With the Sanhedrin grand jury on board, Jesus is then taken before Pilate, the local Roman authority. The sidebar and QR code on leader page 120 will help give some context to Pilate in this position. The Sanhedrin had determined Jesus' guilt in a religious sense as a supposed blasphemer, but that wouldn't have been an issue for Rome. To secure the death penalty they were seeking, some more significant political charges were needed. So they tried to make the case that Jesus was a rebel, a usurper, and that he threatened the money situation for Rome. These accusations were devious twists on things Jesus had said in his teachings. Jesus had not opposed the payment of taxes to Caesar, but elevated our priority to give to God what belongs to God. And Jesus did say he is the Messiah, but he would later tell Pilate in John 18.36 that his kingdom is not of this world. A quick cross-examination of Jesus by Pilate led to another seemingly ambiguous answer. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you say so. Not a no, but to Pilate's ears on the lookout for any would-be troublemakers, this was not the resounding yes the Sanhedrin heard. So Pilate determined that Jesus wasn't the problem the Sanhedrin was trying to make him out to be. And in response, the Jewish leaders just kept at it, and persistence would win their desired verdict. The transition at the end of leader page 121 provides a summary of verses 6 through 12 as we lead into point 3, which starts with verse 13. In point 3, we see that Jesus, the King of the Jews, is wrongly condemned. Up front for this point, take note that the passage in most Bible translations does not include a verse 17. In case a question about this arises from your group, the sidebar on leader page 122 provides a succinct answer for its wise omission. That aside, Pilate begins by confirming Jesus' innocence. Neither he nor Herod found anything wrong with Jesus, certainly nothing to the level of deserving a death penalty. The charges were either trumped up or insignificant for Rome to consider. But to try to appease the crowd, Pilate would have Jesus whipped, a brutally painful punishment, and then release him. The crowd, however, would not be satisfied. They were so insistent on Jesus' death that they requested Barabbas, a known rebel and murderer, to be released to them instead of Jesus. The situation devolved from there and Pilate was helpless to steer it in a different direction. I can imagine his pleading voice being drowned out by the growing chance of crucify him. This didn't make any sense, even to Pilate, who was known for his disdain for the Jews he oversaw. But. Pilate was also politically minded. He saw the chaos and what could come of it if he didn't act fast. So, rather than put down the crowd, he surrendered to their will. He released Barabbas and condemned Jesus to death. Every person in this story, except Jesus, exhibited their enslavement to sin by condemning to death the only perfectly innocent person ever to live. And each person was guilty for this travesty of human justice as we all are on account of our sin against the Holy God. But at the same time, this fulfilled God's plan so that His divine justice against sin 
would be satisfied in the sacrificial death of his son, and then we might be justified freely by his grace and receive freedom from sin and death. Jesus was unjustly tried, falsely accused, and condemned to die, although he did no wrong. In this, Jesus became the perfect substitute for us, bearing our sins on the cross to provide forgiveness. All who have trusted in Christ are no longer under condemnation, but have been declared righteous by God and gifted with freedom and eternal life. Because we believers have been forgiven of our sin, we should cast aside guilt and shame when we sin, and instead repent with assurance that we are always loved and accepted by the God who sent His Son to show us His unfathomable grace. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.